vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs who are often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to our next interview. I'm excited for today's guest because not only are we going to be, as usual, diving into the entrepreneurial life, not only are we going to be talking about veganism, but we're going to be talking about it from a fit standpoint. My today Today's guest is the CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching. And what I want to do today is not just dive into a little bit of background on how the business was founded, but also talk about the work that is done. Let's talk about the support that is out there. Fit Vegan Coaching has since helped over 500 plus vegans completely transform their health and bodies. And what I'm excited about today is kind of learning a little bit about the methodology, the approach, you know, how are you doing it from this perspective? And also maybe some inspiring some people who are listening today and maybe want to get a little bit more fit and maybe get a little bit more healthy that maybe even um, talking about some of your services today, I think would be inspiring and get them excited. So before I dive into all my questions, before I start jumping into the things that I'm highly curious about for Fit Vegan Coaching, I want to officially welcome our guest, Maxine Segoy. And what I also want to do is talk a little bit about background. So let me maybe hand the mic over to you and maybe if you can give us a little bit of background on Fit Vegan Coaching, kind of what you do, just ground us and then we'll do the history of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, Stephanie, I say a big thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I was very much looking forward to, to recording with you and hopefully you know we can provide some some value to the audience today. Uh, yes, fit, fit vegan, the groundwork where uh, it started at the beginning of, of the pandemic, to be honest. I was working for a supplement company and got laid off, obviously, because everything was kind of shutting down and uh, decided to, to go online. I had a passion for fitness. And at the time, I had a, a partner that was battling breast cancer. And so I had a deep rooted belief that eating a whole food plant based diet was the way to disease proof and, and help the body heal. And so I just decided to combine my two passions of whole food plant-based eating for the sake of health and then fitness because I've competed in several different sports that we can probably dive into later. Decided to combine both of them into a coaching practice and then just started about two years and 10 months ago. And yeah, for, from there, we've been able to help over 500 people at this point. Now, are you helping people who are already subscribing to veganism, plant-based? Are you helping people who are transitioning over? Help me kind of understand your customer base and who you're helping with that transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, honestly, I would say it's about a 50-50 split down the middle. I would say 50% of people are vegan, potentially you know a little bit more on the junk food vegan side, or some of them are whole food plant-based, but they don't know how to improve their body composition, right? So just basically a lack of structure and knowledge to achieve the body that they want. And the other 50% are people that are ready to go vegan and they just wanna do the transition right. 
And so there, our number one requirement is you have to be or willing to go vegan to work with us. I don't include any animal products in any of the meal plans that we make or recipes. And so it's a hard, it's, it's a hard transition, um, but we take care of the whole process for people and people have absolutely loved it. Now walk me through how that works in program. Do they just sign up with you and then they go through a, you know, XYZ week program? Just walk me through kind of the, the service and the offering. Yeah, of course. Um, and so we always have like a, basically we call it a fitness audit just to see what people's goals are, where they're at, where their health is at, if there's any physical limitation, medication, things that we need to take uh, into consideration and to see if people are a right fit for the program. I'm really big on energy. And the analogy that I like to use is, you know, if you have a, a bag of apples and you have one bad apple, it's going to contaminate all the other ones. And so I make sure that I don't bring in any bad apples in the program, meaning people that have a good energy, that are ready to do the work and that are just passionate about their health and themselves and, and veganism. And so once they're in the program, they have a, a few intake forms to fill out because we go pretty far into like the medical history, family history to see if there's any things that we would need to make adjustments for from a nutrition standpoint. And we have our in-house holistic nutritionist, which is going to tailor several meal plans per month for our members because variety is key when it comes to gut health and optimizing your body. And then we're going to take care of their training plan also. So a training plan is done at their own. So if they want to train at the gym, we'll build in something for the gym. If they want to train at home, we'll build in for something at home. We just ask them for a list of equipment that they have access to, and we build them a plan for that. Because we don't want the equipment to be a limiting factor that I'm being able to achieve their goal. And so, you know, we've had members lose 50, 80 pounds with home workouts and same with people at the gym. And so, yeah, it's not a limiting factor, whatever equipment they have access to. And then we have group calls, weekly check-ins, one-on-one calls, accountability, texting option with, with our coaches in case they have any question. And I, I built it so that it's a combination of education and obviously performance and result. Because it's one thing for us to tell you what to do, but if you don't understand why you're doing it, then what happens at the end of the program, you're left on your own. You're like, I went through a pro a, a, basically a program and I don't know what I did and why I did it. So I want to make sure that people are educated for life. And the, the big purpose is to obviously disease-proof people's body, get them lean, get them to thrive, but also for them to never have to do another program in their life after because they have the understanding of how to do this and how to thrive. Perfect. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's the challenge is that people have so many questions, you know, and especially mm -hmm. as they're trying to either apply it to their life, their lifestyle, and also to their journey up to when they probably connected with you. You know, all of us have different relationships with food and different relationships with fitness and also our perspectives on health. So how much do you work on that like mindset? How much do you work on helping people maybe sometimes rewrite their connections or their emotional connections to these these things to help them kind of get over maybe roadblocks or maybe things that they put in place mentally and didn't realize they were there. Yeah, that's a great question. That's about 90% of the work that we do, to be honest with you, because it's really we're really good at creating a workout plan, creating meal plans for people's needs and depending on what conditions they have. The hard part about transformation is not building the plan. It's getting people to follow the plan. And then the things that prevent people from following the plans are limiting beliefs, past history, you know, bad emotional connection with uh, with food or with training, um, with their bodies, with themselves. So I would say that's 90% of the work that we do. A lot of our one-on-one -on -one calls or conversations or group coaching is based around mindset to help a member understand that, you know, 
big thing is consistency compounds. There's no perfection when there is a roadblock to have a one-on-one with a coach to help you get unlocked and get past that. Um, what we found is a lot of people have a, a weight in their mind that they can't seem to get below it. And then every time they get close to it, there's a, there's a subconscious self-sabotage that starts to take place, right? You start to go a little bit more off track. You start to miss some training. Like, hey, what's happening? This is the way that I always get stuck at. Okay, well, let's work through this, right? And then once we're able to work through it mentally, they go past that weight and then they just keep doing, they just keep going down and they finally achieve their goal. So it's about 90% of the work that we do is mindset because they don't follow the plan. There's no result. And so we need to help them stick to the plan. Yeah. And I think that's the key is helping people through those roadblocks. It's, it's amazing how often we all, you know, have these kind of things that can get in our way and having mm. a kind of external person look at them can, you know, sometimes give us a new perspective so that maybe that mountain becomes a tiny little hill that we could just <laughs> go around or um, potentially one day go over. So when I think about the business side, because a lot of our listeners are individuals who are entrepreneurs, a lot of our listeners mm -hmm. are people who want to start a business. One thing I always like to dive into during our sessions is talk about the business aspect of it. Talk about what it's like inside the business, because it sounds like what you really built is kind of a membership community program. And for a lot of people, when they think about building those types of businesses, they have a hard time getting them off the ground because they have so many components to it. And yeah. with you really being still in those beginning stages, like you said, you know, it's still a little bit over two years, you know, can you walk through how you built that business? How did you bring all these components together? Did you do it kind of one building block at a time? Did you build out a team and launch with it? How did you kind of maybe even get to where you are today? That's a great question because I'm actually going through the process of building a company that will build those fitness businesses for people in the vegan space, it'll be kind of like a plug and play. You can come in, the templates, everything is set in the right order for you. So originally what I did is I tried on my own and then didn't really have a lot of success. And uh, I eventually decided to hire a mentor that had done it for 15 years. And I was in a point in my life where, you know, again, my, my partner had cancer. I was funding all the cancer treatments. I had no job because of COVID. And so I had no money in my bank account. My credit cards were loaded. And I was like, I need to make money online because I can't get four jobs because COVID is there. And so found a mentor, decided to invest everything I had left into him. And I was like, you just need to tell me exactly what to do. I gave me a step-by-step -step, and he gave me a step-by-step -step, and we, we built it. We hit 10K in our first month and it was the smallest month we've ever had. And so I literally followed his protocol, but basically it was building the foundation of like, there needs to be deliverables, right? You need to create a platform where you're going to host people. How are you going to provide value to them? What is it going to look like? What is the end goal? What is the promise? And then from there, just... I just basically build the bare minimum I could. And then from there, I took feedback from the members that were going through the program. They're like, hey, this is a little bit wonky. Awesome. Let's improve it. Right. All oh, this workout, maybe not a little bit. It's not hard enough. Okay, great. Let's make it a little bit harder. Nutrition, it would be great if there was a custom grocery list with it. Awesome. Let's add custom grocery lists. And that's all we've been doing for almost the past three years at this point is just taking feedback from members and then implementing it to the program. And so we just start with the basic and improve based off feedback. Now, how do you know which feedback to implement? And I bring this up because I talk to a lot of people and they struggle because, you know, customers and clients and even potential customers will tell you, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. And what can happen in a business is you get flooded with ideas 
And you Mm -hmm. don't have maybe, you need a way to prioritize. You need a way to figure out what to do first, second, and third. Have you kind of created a methodology on that so that feedback can be growth as opposed to it feels like you're drowning in, you know, a circle of ideas? Yeah, of course. If the feedback comes up more than once and for the majority of the members, it's something I would implement. The thing I would always consider before I implemented anything is, was this scalable, right? So members, for example, if they wanted me to text them every single day, to make sure they're doing their workout, like that's not scalable, right? I can't be doing that all the time. And so I didn't implement that. Eventually I came out with a package that was way more expensive where I was texting people every day. And then I found a way to kind of implement that if people wanted it. But first I always checked if it was scalable, whatever they, they were asking and how much time it would take and would it benefit the majority of the members? And was it more of a handicap for members than something that would actually serve them? Because a lot of people want that extra layer of accountability and they just wanted more and more and more. And at the end of the day, I was literally a crutch to their transformation. And then I had to go through it. And then for them to leave the program and to not be able to function in the world in terms of fitness and health, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe that wasn't a good idea. I was literally uh, you know, disabling them from being able to like become strong and independent in their journey. And so it, a lot of a lot of trial and error, but I always checked if it was scalable first. That was my big thing. I love that you touched on the idea, especially for a lot of my coaches out there. It's like, how much do you, you know, protect, support, help people to the point where they have so much support that they don't build that strength. They don't build that mm-hmm. ability to kind of like, you know, walk <laughs> the next, you know, mile on their own. They're constantly looking back for that support. You know, how did you find that balance? Because I think for a lot of my coaches, they feel like, well, if I don't give them enough support, you know, I can't get them far enough. But if I give them too much, then like we were talking about, or like you mentioned, you know, people don't become strong on their own. Do you have any kind of thoughts on how you found or struck the right balance? Yeah. So the first honest answer would just be trial and error. That was was a, a big one that taught me a lot. The second one is I guess it was just more of an internal call of like, will me potentially calling them and texting them every day, do them a service once they're out of program, no one's going to text them and call them. No one is going to check in on them that way. Like we'll, we'll check in with you weekly with your weekly check-in form. There's access to group calls, but yeah, I I think managing the expectations from the start is something that really helped in terms of setting that, that barrier. My, one of my mentors, I was a part of his, one of his programs at the beginning. And I was like, I'm not getting any value from this. And he's like, it's your job to get the value out of this. The information is here. And then I shift my perspective and I was like, oh, wow, there's actually a ton of value here. I just chose not to see it. And so I kind of set that expectation and that frame with our members. Like, it's your job to get the value here. The group calls are here. I can't drag you on the calls, right? I can't do the bench press for you. I can't eat the kale and the broccoli and the chickpeas for you. Like, you have to do that part. I'm here to support. I'm here to tell you here are the steps. But anything beyond that would be would be a disservice. So if you feel like you're spoon feeding your members and you're basically doing the bench press and the squats for them, <laughs> it might not be it might be hurting them in the long run. I love the way you put it. Yeah. I definitely think sometimes as coaches, we can sometimes want to get in there and be like, well, let me help you out. Let me let me show you. <laughs> let me let me let me let me even do it for you. Yeah, it's the ultimate delegation, right? When, when you think of building a company and you have a new team member, you want to pass off a task and are not doing well, your first instinct is to be like, let me just do it. But the thing is, if you don't take the time to properly teach them, then again, that's not scalable either. And so I kind of approach my members in the same way. It's like, I need this to be scalable. 
right? If I go in and do it for them, I'm not helping them and I'm not helping me. All my time going to be sucked into doing the squats and bench press for everyone. Yeah, I really, really love that you mentioned that and touched on it because I think for a lot of us as entrepreneurs and even people who are potential customers of yours and who are getting coached, I think understanding those roles and responsibilities is so key in not only having a successful kind of transformation, but it's also key in having a successful business is being able to know where you step in and where it's time to step out. Now, one thing that always comes up for a lot of business owners, especially people who are in those beginning stages or have started businesses recently, is getting customers. Now, for you, you know, you might be at a different phase now. Like you said, you've been doing this for, you know, almost three years. So how do you keep getting customers? How do you continue to keep that kind of pipeline going? For Because for a lot of people, they feel like they've created a great offering. They've figured out what the service should be, but they only have one or two people kind of trickling in and they haven't been able to get to that scale where people can really truly benefit from the service. Yeah. I, well, I have so many things to say about that. I would say that you can have the best offer in the world, but if no one knows you exist, it's going to fall in that theory. You're never going to get any clients from it. So number one thing I would say, just posting, grabbing a platform that you enjoy spending time on because you're going to spend a lot of time on it. So for myself, it was Instagram when I first got started. And so just go on Instagram and posting consistently every day, doing stories every day, doing calls to action every day. As much as there's a lot of followers or little followers, not everyone will know that you have a coaching program reaching out to people that potentially might be interested, cold outreach. We're doing a lot of that from the start. That's what we started with. And I actually started two other coaching companies. And that's that's the phase that we're at, at like the 10 to 20K month size. And then for mine, we're, we're way past that. So for ours, we started posting. We have good quality content. We have a team to produce the media. We have a copywriter. We have everything. So we're posting four times a day on each platform. So, you know, on Pinterest, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube Shorts, TikTok, IG Reels, Facebook group, like we're just posting everywhere and looking at the data from what is giving us the most amount of leads. And then what we identify was uh, my own podcast was something that was giving me a lot of leads, me jumping on other people's podcasts and then Instagram. And so we just divide, we just put all our attention into these things. And that's what's been bringing us the most amount of value. And so at first it was picking one platform. Once we kind of owned that, it was testing out a bunch of different ones, seeing what brought in the best and then just spending more time there. Yeah, I think that's really great advice because I think we sometimes spread ourselves too thin and try to do all platforms and everything or we jump to the end. Like you're talking about, we're like, oh, I need a copywriter. I need a this, I need a that. And we haven't yeah. really figured out the rhythm yet. You need you need money to to do that. I and and just you know I have a, a full time graphic designer and video editor. I have a full time social media person that is literally posting two hundred plus pieces of content per month. I can do that on my own and run the company, coach people, and do and do all the rest. So you you build your way up, right? You do the best with what you have. You have a little bit more money, then you get a graphic designer. You make some more money, and then you get a social media. You kind of grow over the years. Yeah. And I think that's so key. I, I know it's so easy to want to like jump to the finish line or we see someone else do it and we think we can go there. But even if you hire the whole team and you can tell me if you agree with this statement, but for me, even when people are first starting out, if they hired the whole team, they may not get the most out of it because you don't know what works yet. You don't know yeah. where to invest. And therefore, I really find that building those building blocks, doing it yourself for a while, getting that understanding, creating content, also getting used to creating content because it's a skill to develop over time. Not all of us are used to talking about what we love that often. 
And then, then hiring somebody to work on, like you said, you know, Instagram is one of your key places. Podcast interviews is a key place. Then a person takes that and scales what works best mm-hmm. as opposed to hiring a team. And they're really a testing team. They're a team that you're investing all this money in and all they're doing is testing because they don't have a winning strategy yet. Yeah, absolutely. And the other part is, you know, hiring all the team up front, like you said, wanting to jump at the end. First of all, like there's a lot of salaries to cover per month if you're not at that place. And second, you won't know how to train those people because you haven't done the position yourself. Like, how do you know what to delegate, what it's supposed to look like? I've, I've made that mistake. I've jumped the gun on some hires. And then I was like, I want you to do this. And I'm like, how do you want me to do it? I was like, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. I love that you said that because, yes, that's the key. And I think, you know, there's always this debate about, you know, do you hire someone and bring in expertise? But I definitely believe in a business that you have to lead. You have to give advice. You have to give recommendations. And when you have like absolutely no experience or that perspective, it's hard to be the the leader that your organization requires you to be. Yeah, you need to be able to do every position to a certain extent. And then you bring on someone that can do it better than you, but at least you can guide them in the right direction. Absolutely, absolutely. So doing a retrospect for me, what would you say if someone was listening today and they were either in two places, either one, they were at the beginning stages of running their business. What would you say would be something you wish you knew then? Or if someone's in their business and they're at a crossroads, so they're probably in that same stage that people are in the beginning where they have to make a major decision, but maybe they've mm-hmm. been doing it for a while and therefore they need to make a tough decision on how they're going to move forward. Is there anything that you would say, I wish I knew if I, um, I wish I knew then what I know now and maybe it could help someone listening? Yeah. So for, for the first scenario, if you're at the beginning, I would say there's three things. One of them that really served me is to have a mentor, someone that's already done what I want to do. I don't need to try to reinvent the wheel. This person has done it, will tell me how to build the wheel, how the wheel functions, at what speed I need to turn the wheel. There's no thinking required. The second one would be speed of implementation. Um, so just not being afraid to take action. Like there's something new, just implement it, right? I would go, I would go to masterminds and I would just come back on the flight or in the car and I would be on my computer implementing what I've learned already. And then the third one is taking imperfect action. That has changed my life. That's what allowed me to be at the point where you know we've sold over seven figures, where we have three companies, and there's a fourth one coming. That's what allowed me to scale so fast. Is I just take imperfect action because I was the person that was waiting for the perfect time to do anything. I was like, the weather is not great. I'm too busy today. I can't do it. Now it's just action, action, action. If it doesn't work out, tweak, action, tweak, action, and that's how I'm, I'm progressing. So that would be for the person that that is getting started. The person that is at a crossroad, I think like there's very interesting things that start to shift as you make like 10, 20K a month, 70, 100K a month. Like there, there are certain milestones for different people. Everyone has kind of their their point where they don't feel like they deserve to get to that extent or it's getting big and they're not too sure how big they want it to be. Biggest thing I found is for me to just check in with myself and be like, what do I ultimately want to build and what is the type of life do I want to live? Do I want to be working 80 hours a week and making, you know, 200K a month? I don't want to be working 80 hours a week. It's just, you know, I, I like mountain biking. I love spending time with my fiance. I love doing other things. And so what's the amount of work that I'm putting to put in and how can I optimize this amount of work to build ultimately the lifestyle that I want? Because I don't know, more money doesn't, 
solve everything. It just causes you more problem. You just have to decide if you want to deal with those problems also. So if you have that crossroad, just try and identify what kind of life do you want to build for yourself? Um, because it's very easy to fall into the trap of like, more is going to be better, more is going to solve more things, and it's ultimately not going to. I agree. I so, so agree with that. So as we're wrapping up the interview today, as we're looking at kind of our time today, one thing I want to do is make sure that everyone can get in touch with either you, you know, Fit Vegan Coaching, what are websites, social media accounts, how should they be reaching out if they want to learn more about not only um, getting support, but also learn more about your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, thank you. Um, would be the best place. There's uh, there's my podcast on there. There's a link for basically our, our coaching business. There's my social medias, my Instagram, my YouTube. There's everything on there. So I'd probably be the, the easiest place, fitveganecoaching.com. Perfect, perfect. And then as we kind of, I guess, one thing I love to do at the end of these interviews is just inspire people. It's just share something that inspires you. Because for all of us, there's something that makes us get up in the morning and do what we do. There's something that makes us push, or like you say, push through to those imperfect actions. There's something that really Mm -hmm. drives us. So do you have any kind of, I guess, words of wisdom or maybe sharing something that inspires you and keeps you going that maybe someone in our audience can hear today and will inspire them to keep going and maybe get to those, you know, six figures, seven figures and so forth, if that's where they choose to go. Yeah. So I'm sure it's something that I hope not a lot of people can relate to. So I was at a partner who was battling breast cancer for five years and I was the sole provider financially and caregiver. And I saw what is on the other side of when you don't lose your health, which is ultimately why I started these businesses. And so my mission and for the rest of my life is to help people not be in that position. And I believe that through the power of plant-based eating and living a healthy, active lifestyle, you can achieve that. And you know, every month we donate to cancer patients that are going through their journey. So like using my story is the ultimate thing that drives me. It's like I said, I don't anyone to relate to this life experience, but you probably have a similar life experience potentially in other realms. Like what is the thing that just like burns inside of you that if you don't do you don't feel like it's worth living that's how i feel about it if i'm not doing this thing like why am i on earth like there's no need for me to be here if i'm not pursuing this thing actively so that that would be my little piece of of inspiration perfect no i think that is wonderful to hear i think it's a wonderful reminder because sometimes we get bogged down into the day-to-day tactical even like we talk about social media oh i gotta post oh i gotta do this oh i have to do that and sometimes we do need to take a step back and sometimes even remind ourselves on why we do what we're doing and why why it matters. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. I appreciate you taking the time today to kind of open up a little bit, talk about the business, talk about things behind the scenes that I know not all of us are always used to talking about kind of in our businesses and also just introducing everyone to your business, to your kind of passion and all the good things that you're doing in the world. Thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate you having me on and really happy that I got to to share with everyone. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who has joined us live. I see a couple of folks in there hanging out. I see a couple of you guys um, talking to me some fitness emojis. So I'm just smiling a little bit over here. So I'm really, really glad that you were able to join us live. I know many of you listen to this as our podcast or watch this as a replay. As always, if you have questions, 
feedback, please use the comments. We love, love, love seeing it. We love sharing these interviews with you. And we're just so happy to have you here and have you not only support us, but also learn about just amazing businesses like Fit Vegan Coaching and what they're doing here in the world and also hear from great entrepreneurs like my guest today. So thank you once again for joining me. Thank you everyone who joined us live and we will see you in our next live interview. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session. So I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.